Happy holidays, everybody. It's episode 18 of How We Win. Yay! All over the country, ordinary people are doing extraordinary things. Even during the holidays, we're giving you the tools that you need to jump in and make a difference right now. The best antidote to anxiety is action. 2020 is almost here. The countdown has started, and we want you to join the party. Oh, we've got a special holiday episode today. With all of the turmoil and uncertainty in the news today, we're going to focus on what's giving us hope. It's a look back at what we learned from some of our inspiring interviews that you may have missed. Then we're going to hear some special messages from the Swing Left leadership team Mm -hmm. and a special impeachment song. So you got to listen to the whole episode to get that special impeachment song that's going to help you ring in the new year. I'm Steve Pearson. And I'm Mariah Craven. And and this this is How We Win. win. Happy holidays, Mariah. Oh, thanks. Happy holidays. I love this time of year. I do, too. Um, It's a very hopeful time. It's been quite the week uh, Mm news-wise. And um, we're just going to... A little bit. A little bit, yeah. There's been some stuff going on. Uh, Donald Trump is officially impeached by the House of Representatives. We think. No, we know. They definitely voted. He's impeached by the House of Representatives. Don't buy into that Republican <laughs> narrative that there's a debate on whether or not he's actually impeached just because Pelosi hasn't sent it to the Senate yet. Well, I, I think that's the fascinating thing about this is that it happens so rarely mm-hmm. that no one knows what the hell is going on. And I think Bakari Sellers said it best when he said a lot of people need to hand in their high school graduation certificates and go back to civics. <laughs> <laughs> right. And relearn what impeachment is. But yes, he's been impeached and now he's the trial's headed over to the Senate eventually. Yep. And um we're gonna go ahead and trust that since it was broadcast live on every network <laughs> and it's been around that that everyone's pretty much up to speed with what's going on with impeachment and since it's the holidays and we're looking forward to taking a much needed break before we slam into all the important work we had to do in twenty twenty. Right. We're gonna talk about some other stuff. We're gonna work on some top three lists that are that you really maybe haven't heard about on MSNBC or CNN. I love top three. I love the end of year lists. It's my favorite. Yeah. Favorite. So um, let's start with our top three holiday songs. Okay. Starting with you, Mariah. What's what's number three on your list of holiday songs? My number three song is uh, the Eartha Kit version of Santa Baby. Oh wow. Santa's only job is to bring presents on Christmas. <laughs> and sadly, the singer of that song seems to think that she has to sleep with Santa in order to get those presents. She doesn't. That's his only, he's going to do it anyway. Well, okay. It does come off as very gold diggery, but I don't think that she ever said that she was going to sleep with him. She's just listing the things that she wants. I guess. And it's a very reasonable list. I guess I hear what I want to hear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe you should examine your yourself. Yes. Before I can. All right. That's good. My number three is going to be classic Blue Christmas from Elvis. Oh, that's a good one. Right. Because we need Elvis around Christmas time, I feel like. And um, it's just such a uh, classic evocative song. And um, there's so many. It's so hard. This is a hard list. Top three. There's a lot of great holiday songs. But yeah. Going Blue Christmas by Elvis. I like that one. 
my second one is um, Last Christmas I Gave You My mm, Heart. Because George Michael. It's George Michael. Now a popular movie starring I Khaleesi. I have not seen the movie yet because <laughs> I just I, – I know the movie is based on the song, which should excite me, but also – I feel like that's an opportunity to ruin things. But it's um, I love it because it's an earworm. Once you start singing it, as I just did, <laughs> for all the people listening. You can't get it out of your head. You'll sing it for the rest of the week. Whether it's number two on your list <laughs> or in the bottom two of your list, right. it's in your brain now. Right. What's your number two? Oh, okay. I'm going to go with Ray Charles's version oh. of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, that's a good one. It's really good. Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer. Yeah, Rudolph. But Ray Charles sang it. <laughs> right. That's a good one. And I like the rendition. Thanks. Very accurate. Yeah, Ray Charles makes everything cool so and better. Yeah. And um, yeah. You you like classic artists. I mean, Elvis and Ray Charles. These are good. Um, okay, my top one I got to go with Mariah Carey, All I Want no. for Christmas. Um, number one on the charts for the first time and since the, I think it came out 25 years ago or something like that. It hit number one this year. Um, congratulations, Mimi. My namesake, Mariah. Um, <laughs> the perfect holiday song. And I will argue the last good original holiday song. That's that's fair. That's probably debatable, but I can't think of anything else that pops in my Not brain. Not debatable. <laughs> and um, yeah, I was just thinking about that song yesterday and wondering how much darn dough has she made off of that one song? Uh, a lot. And as you as you as many people I'm sure will recall, it it gained popularity in the horrible Christmas movie Love Actually which I watch every year and absolutely hate. Um, and then since then, she's you know really rebranded herself as the queen of Christmas. And I think this... It's a nice message. This song it's you know, a skewing materialism and capitalism and saying that all she wants for Christmas is you. It's you, yeah. 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 It's nice. Okay, what's your number Strong one? Strong number one. All right. Yeah. I really should have thought about this beforehand. It's, it's hard for me to pick a top three songs of anything because I, yeah. I love so much music. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with the number – this is going to be a controversial pick for a lot of people out there. The number one Christmas song of all time, Stevie Wonder's What Christmas Means to Me. Oh, oh, yes. Right? Not controversial at all. <laughs> Come on. It's so funky. The thing I love about a good, a really good, strong Christmas song uh -huh. is that they're strong songs, no matter if, what time of year it is, whether it's a holiday or not. You can just write a really great song and throw sleigh bells over it, and all of a sudden you've got a hit Christmas song. Even without the sleigh bells, I mean that like this, it starts off strong. Boom, boom, boom. That bass line, right? Boom, yeah. I think your choices were really, really solid. Yours as well. Mine were questionable. <laughs> Mine were fun. <laughs> Yours were solid. Well, you already mentioned uh, a Christmas movie that you love to hate. Right. Love Actually. Garbage. Garbage that you can't look away from. Right. Let's go top three holiday movies. Steve, I'm glad you asked about this. Um, my Put some thought into this. My number three is Home Alone 2. Could you guess why? 
Don't tell me it's because you're a huge Donald Trump fan and he's in the movie. Only Home Alone movie where one of the cast members has been impeached in real life. (laughs) (laughs) Which showed up on the description of the movie somewhere for like a minute. What? Yeah. uh, Someone had done like a screen grab of it in like the IMDb (laughs) description of the movie. He said, uh, you know, only movie with a cast member that's been impeached. Well, for those of you who probably don't remember the plot, of Home Alone 2 is is this kid gets lost in New York and he stays at uh, a Trump hotel. And uh, apparently at the time, if filmmakers or, t- or television producers wanted to shoot on a Trump property, they had to include Donald Trump in the script. That was one of the requirements for shooting on a Trump property. He could be cut out later. But they left him in Home Alone too. So every wow. in the eighties and nineties, every film or TV show that you saw on a Trump property included Donald Trump walking by and somebody going, "How you doing, Mr. Trump?" <laughs> so. I did not know the backstory. That's fascinating. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. What's yours? So my number three is Bill Murray's Scrooge. Oh, I've always loved that movie, and I'm a big Bill Murray fan. Yeah. So. I've never seen it. What? <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. You've never Classic. seen Scrooge. I've never seen Scrooge. It's based on the, you know, Christmas the, Carol. The, yeah, that thing. It's a modern take on the Christmas Carol, starring Bill Murray. They're so. They What's come to out go with, wrong? Well, they come out with one of those Christmas Carol movies every year. Or so how many? Not am I like, supposed to not watch? Not like this. This is you good. Would he's he's this a big one. time television executive. You know, making everyone do a live Christmas special on Christmas, taking them away from their family, and he's vo- visited by three ghosts. It's really good. Okay, all right. I'll I'll put it on my list to watch. What's uh, your number two? My number two is a documentary called ah. Twenty Feet from Stardom," ah. which is about the backup singers yes. who make songs great, and it features Darlene Love. Right? She has a Christmas song that you know and love. Mm-hmm. She was toiling away in obscurity when David Letterman and that Christmas song brought her back and changed her life. And you should see it. All right, so it's a fantastic documentary. Mm-hmm. I love that you included that in holiday movies because that song and that story, you want to tell people what the song is? The song is called Christmas, parentheses, Baby Please Come Home. She had had her shot at stardom, didn't make it, cut this song. Years later, she's cleaning people's bathrooms and gets the call that Letterman wants, loves the song, wants her to come perform it on his show. It was a classic um, example of artists being taken advantage of and not being given any royalties on songs, but just being hired. And and yes, in in the documentary, she talks about cleaning like rich people's houses and hearing that song playing on the radio while she's like cleaning bathrooms. Right. I mean, that just must have been so surreal and awful. And then finally was recognized for her contribution and work uh, for that because of Letterman and other things. Yeah, and I think she sang it on Christmas Eve on his show every year for years. And it's an incredible song. She's got an amazing voice and just a feel-good, great documentary. Thank you for highlighting that story in that documentary. My number two is the classic A Christmas Story. Don't tell me you haven't seen that one. What's that one? Oh, my God. Goodness. 
Oh yeah, yeah, the one that they play over and over You're and shoot over your again. Eye out. Yeah, Ralphie. Yeah, Ralphie. Oh yeah, I know that one. A Christmas story. A Christmas story. Yeah. All the names of these songs and and movies are so generic. <laughs> it's just I'm becoming like, a blur. Christmas, a Christmas story. Yeah. Um, does that does it remind you of your childhood? I'm not that old. <laughs> it takes place in the fifties. <laughs> it took place in the eighties. <laughs> no. Came out in the eighties. <laughs> no, well, maybe, yeah, maybe came out in the eighties. Yeah, it's just a s- silly little Christmas yarn. Yeah, it's a weird one, but really entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> What's your number one, number one holiday movie? My number one holiday movie is so embarrassing. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That's your number one. It's my number one. It reminds me of, and it's one of those things where it just reminds me of people who aren't around anymore or who aren't close physically anymore. And uh, it was a tradition to watch that movie. And, you know, I think everybody struggles with that during the holidays with, you know, not being with loved ones and and missing somebody and that makes me miss people but also makes me laugh and i really appreciate the sort of juxtaposition there balance it balances out i don't get too weepy yeah no it's a fun movie (laughs) we just watched it a couple nights ago actually and uh 1989 yeah uh, john hughes uh wrote and produced it didn't direct it um there's a lot of fun slapsticky stuff and vintage chevy chase and it's a yeah, great julia louis dreyfus julia louis dreyfus an angry yuppie yes you gotta love it yeah what's your number one my number one right now is uh elf oh classic we watch it every single year yeah it's always fun, and uh, it's my daughter's favorite holiday movie, and it's just a family tradition. We watched it last weekend. I love it. I love Will Ferrell. It's so it, funny, and it, it makes you feel good at the end. It does. I got I I cried at I the know. end this you last get all time. Teary when everybody. Well, they start singing, singing yeah. and then the <laughs> the Santa like meter pops up. Yeah, and it's exciting. It's like it's Christmas. There's Christmas spirit again. You yeah, know, we need that right now. We do need. Little extra juice on our centometer or whatever it's called <laughs> right. this year. That's a great choice. Make sure you stay tuned till the very end because we have a special impeachment song that actually features my wife, Melinda McGraw's beautiful vocals. Beautifully sung. <laughs> so you won't want to miss that. We have a special episode. We're going to do a bunch of clips from our previous interviews that you may or may not have heard. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a clip show. It's a clip show. It's a look back. Yeah, but it's going to help you remember all the amazing things that you've heard over the last 18 weeks. It was so hard going back through these because I've learned so much from every single person we've had the pleasure to sit down with. Mm-hmm. And we've had some awesome guests. We've had some amazing guests. It's been really, really uh, inspiring to me. And so I'm excited for people to catch up on on these interviews if they haven't heard them already. Yeah, we always envision this as a very hopeful um, podcast. And we do complain, um, as everyone is wont to do sometimes, but mm-hmm. we always end on a note of inspiration. And so hopefully um, that's what people feel listening to this. And, and this is an important reminder. And hopefully people will let us know what's giving them hope as they're going into 2020 as well. 
Yeah, we want to end this year on uh, a note of hope and inspiration. All right. So we talked to Cecile Richards in Las Vegas at the end of a a month-long bus tour that she was on. The supermajority bus tour. Right. And so she um, had – I was in a very reflective mood. And so I'm excited for people to hear about what gives her hope, which definitely gave me hope in turn. Final question that we ask all of our guests okay. is um, <laughs> what gives you the most hope for the future? Uh, definitely young people. And it was actually, we were we were in Denver a couple of days ago for one of the stops on the bus tour. And we had a bunch of young women there from Girls Inc. And there was one young woman who was 10 years old, Ilea. Yeah. And she was actually explaining to me, I said, well, what do you do? And she said, oh, I, I'm learning how to program brains of robots and went into this long explanation of okay. what she, I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I felt like, okay, I, I, um, and, but she, she's just one example of this extraordinary new generation mm-hmm. of young people and particularly young women. They just don't see the barriers and I hope that we can be here to support them. And I always say to people, if you're, or, if you have an organization and look around the table and if there aren't young people at the table, you're not doing your job. Um, mm-hmm. Because they are looking for voice, they're looking for opportunity, and they're our best hope for change. And I'll close with this last, like one of my favorite statistics. There's about 4 million young people that turn 18 every year on average. And so if you think back at 2016 and just do the math, by 2020, there'll be about 16 million young people who couldn't vote then and can vote in 2020. And um, as we know, that was a presidential election decided by 77,000 votes in three states. So um, invest in young people. I had the pleasure of going to D.C. for a a really cool event that Swing Left put on with Speaker Pelosi Mm -hmm. and Billy Eichner. And we got to announce at that event that Billy Eichner is joining the Swing Left team as a senior consultant. Yeah. Welcome to the team. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And uh, I had a really fun interview with him. And we got to hear what brings him hope. What gives me hope is the idea that we will wake up and Trump will not be president and think of the black cloud that will be lifted, you know, on that day, which is not to say that problems will go away or all the system, all the systemic issues and economic issues we deal with will magically disappear. Of course, they won't. But I feel like with Trump, there's just this ugly, violent black dark cloud that hovers over everything since he won. You know, what he does and says really does have a really horrible impact. And I really do feel if he gets a second term, it could genuinely be catastrophic. Because uh, thinking about what Trump and his administration can do when they're not even worried about re-election is really frightening. And I hope that's enough to inspire people to get involved. And if you're just sitting back listening to this podcast, you know, I listen to podcasts, you're in your car, you're getting dressed, you're going to bed, and you're like, oh, that was a nice podcast. Now I'm going to go do my other things I have to do. That's not enough. Right. Like, don't just listen to the podcast. Go to Swing Left. Go to the website. Get your friends together and go canvassing. Get involved in whatever way you feel comfortable with, but get involved. Because if you're not going to get involved now to try to defeat this guy, (laughs) then I don't know. You need to have a conversation with yourself about what your priorities are. So uh, that's my message. You talked to Harley Ruda in Orange County, where he uh, represents those folks in Congress and where he is 
in the the fight of his burgeoning congressional career right. to hang on to his seat. So he really needs to be hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got a lot of people rooting for him. So it was really helpful to hear him talk about what brought him hope. What brings me the most hope is the 2020 election and uh, the massive grassroots support that we have across the United States to make realistic change happen. I, I think America just wants to get back to regular order. And unfortunately, we don't have that with this president. And if we uh, hold the House, pick up some seats, uh, get the White House, and with a little luck, get the Senate, it will be a, a good opportunity for our country to get back on track, both for our citizens here as well as our allies around the world. While we were in Las Vegas, uh, we had the opportunity to go to the Presidential Gun Forum. Mm -hmm. uh, we got to sit down with some amazing people at the Gun Forum, including Senator Chris Murphy. What an inspiring, inspiring day. I learned so much about what's happened in the last seven years mm -hmm. around this issue of gun violence, and it really brought me a lot of hope. Yeah. I mean, these kids give me hope. Um, you know, spending uh, this week, you know, here in Las Vegas with um, these high school and college right. students who have woken up. I mean, they haven't just woken up on guns. They've woken up on climate change as well. It shouldn't be their responsibility, right? I mean, 18-year-old and 20-year-old kids shouldn't have to carry the weight of the world on their shoulders. But, you know, I'm a history buff, and I know that there's, you know, no great successful social change movement in um, you know, this country's history that wasn't led in some way, shape or form by young people. Um, and so now that young people are at the forefront of the climate movement and the anti-gun violence movement, I feel more confident than uh, ever before that we're going to get this right. I wish they didn't have to. Uh, but I know from uh, reading the history books that this is ultimately how you get things done. And I'm optimistic because I've seen the anti-gun violence movement get stronger and stronger. I've seen Republicans get more, more and more scared of us. I've seen the political process begin to work with the passage of the bill in the House of Representatives. Um, I frankly wake up every single day super optimistic about our ability to get um, not just the background checks bill done, but other comprehensive measures um, enacted. Um, so uh, I have lots of reasons to be optimistic about the future on this issue of saving uh, lives inside this epidemic of gun violence. Jennifer Epps Addison is the executive director of the Center for Popular Democracy, and she came in and spoke with us. And the way that she was able to articulate things was very accessible and really right. smart. And um, she gave me a lot of hope knowing that there's people like her out there yeah. working in these communities that need it the most. Right. I think the thing that gives me the most hope is the bravery that people have, the the power in their stories and just watching people kind of step out of the shadows. Right. Because when life is hard and you're struggling nobody's your, uh, a tougher critic on yourself than you are. Right. Um, and people feel like they made a bad choice or they made bad decisions. That's why these things are happening. And so when they step out of that and they realize I'm not the only one, this is not my fault and I can change it. I can do something about it, not just for me, but for people like me everywhere. Mm. That is just, there's not, there's the magic in that. There's like nothing else to describe it. So that's why I say to people, don't just vote. 
Don't just donate money. Don't just even send text messages. Find a way to get into community with people. Find Mm -hmm. a way to be in relationship with the people who are putting it all on the line to change this country because you will be transformed and you will be the best advocate, the best ally, the best co-conspirator and accomplice, (laughs) whatever you want to call it, um, if you're actually in relationship with folks. It's amazing. You're magic, Jen. (laughs) Black girl magic. (laughs) (laughs) Congressmember Karen Bass represents a big chunk of Los Angeles and is the chair of the Congressional Black Caucus. And she's really been an elected leader in the resistance movement from the beginning. So I've learned a lot from her over the past few years. And talking to her about the future was really exciting. You know, ironically, this guy, I believe, has been a catalyst for activism like I haven't seen in a really long time. How ironic is that? (laughs) I mean, the worst thing that could have possibly happened after the last election. But again, when something like that happens, you have to see what you can pull from it. And I think that he has inspired activists all down the line. Now, it's our job to make sure that that gets sustained. So that's what gives me hope. 2018 gives me hope. 2017, with all of the, you know, um, involvement, yesterday's environmental march, the young people that are activating on on guns, Mm -hmm. but it's our responsibility to make sure that that goes somewhere. And and our, I'm saying that as an elected official, but it's all of our responsibilities. You know, you can't view change as, well, I'm going to do this for a few years, and then I'm going to go back and, you know, no, it should be. There's a lot of countries around the world where they're much more political than we are. They know what's going on in our country and in their country. Mm-hmm. And politics is just a part of their life. You don't have to do it full time, but you do have a responsibility to know who your congressperson is, what your congressperson does, and let them know, you know, what you like and don't like and, and propose ideas. So that's my hope. That's my hope. And for our last what gave us hope <laughs> segment. <laughs> and we're ending with Jess Morales Raquetto, yeah. who was recently named one of Time Magazine's 100th most influential people. Ooh. She uh, is well also deserved. one of the uh, directors of the Supermajority, and right. we caught up with her in Vegas. It was actually, like, honestly, I didn't really know much about her. And uh, she was available for the interview and just blew us away. She's such an incredible person. Go back and listen to this episode, y'all. To me, organizing is really secret work. It's so incredible to be, I'm totally going to cry. I always cry when I talk about this. Mm. It's so incredible to be able to feel so passionately about making the world a better place and then wake up every morning and know that you have the tools and skills and community to make the world a better place. I feel like that is such an incredible privilege. Um, And... And it's very, very exciting to then be able to share that with other people. I think of organizing as motivating people into their purpose. And all day long, I just get to tell people about this awesome profession that I feel so lucky and then get them excited about it, too. And then they get people excited. And so that is like the most hopeful thing, especially in these really, you know, I work on very difficult issues like family separation and detention. Mm-hmm sexual assault, you know, workers' rights issues where we hear about women who have been sleeping on a cot in a porch in Boston for 20 years and no one's, you know, and they were able to be exploited because they were immigrants. And you can look around, I think right now, and be angry and that anger can like almost hold you back because it can feel like that anger can be righteous and helpful or and motivating or it can feel like 
can put you into despair. It can make you feel like there's nothing that we can do. But what we've seen over the last couple of years, but also always, is that when people take that anger and put it into something that helps people notice and gets people excited, then you're creating like this regenerating organism of hope and optimism and courage. And that is like, wow, it's incredible that we are able to do that. I feel so lucky every single day. And when you feel like that, get out of bed every morning ready to go. So that was just like a smattering of hopeful messages from these amazing guests we've had. I've learned so much from from these folks. Like we we've really put together a library of people who combined have just amazing experience and ideas and advice. It's just so valuable. I hope people really do uh, go back and listen to some of those. I hope everyone looks at it as a resource yeah. and um, and shares the interviews that made the biggest impact on you. Share them with other people too. And I'm excited about what's coming up in 2020 because we have a lot of really – you know, more great people coming on. We're also going to dive into some campaign skills. Mm-hmm. We're going to do some deeper dive into some of these super states and do some state-specific stuff. Um, there's going to be all kinds of great information about how you can get evol- involved, be effective, and make a difference on the most important election of our lives. It's going to be a big year, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be a lot of hard work. Yep. And we've got we've got your back. We're all going to do it together. So we're going to hear from some of our Swing Left team who wanted to send all of our listeners and volunteers a little message. All right. Hi, this is Catherine, and I'm the Chief Strategy Officer at Swing Left. And I just wanted to say a huge thank you for giving us all hope that in 2020, we really will have a blue Christmas. Hi, y'all. It's Tori Taylor, and I'm the head of political and organizing at Swing Left. Thank you for subscribing, listening, volunteering, donating, and everything you do to make our country and our world a better place. Have a wonderful holiday and get some rest. We've got a lot of work to do in 2020. This is Marisa Kanoff. I'm Swing Left's National Field Director. I just wanted to take a moment to say happy holidays and thank you. Thank you for all of the work you've done this year, and thank you for giving us all the hope that we're going to need in 2020 to take back the White House, to flip the Senate, and to win key state legislative races that are going to be critical to ending unfair Republican gerrymandering. I hope everybody has a peaceful, happy, healthy, and joyous holiday season and has a perfect blue year. Hey, it's Michelle, the Chief Marketing Officer and a founding team member at Swing Left. It's the time of year for giving back, but saving democracy is a year-round job. Thank you for volunteering, for donating, for fundraising, and for doing it all early so that we can keep winning our country's most important elections. It's really an honor to have you as a partner in this fight and to be working alongside you. So thank you, thank you, and have a happy holiday. Thank you for joining us today and for everything that you've done in 2019. This is how we win. That's right. Thanks to all of our subscribers. If you aren't a subscriber yet, please do subscribe and rate us on Apple or wherever you get your pods. 
And we want to hear from you. So send us a note or even record yourself and email it to podcast at swingleft.org. Share us with your friends and family over the holiday. Use the hashtag HowWeWin2020. Share our page at swingleft.org slash podcast. And of course, easy for you to say. Sign up to volunteer. <laughs> Enjoy the holidays, everybody. Take a break. Be with your friends and family. That's what we're going to do. We're going to do the same thing. We're taking next week off. So we'll be back with a brand new episode on Wednesday, January 8th. We've got a lot of great guests and important information coming up. So get 2020 ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Until then, have a happy new year, everybody. Should old impeachment be forgot and all of Donald's crimes, the Senate that votes to acquit will have to answer why. November 3rd is coming soon. chair with a lid.